Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm bringing our next guest aboard because at this time next week, we will be preparing for the opener of the 2020 NFL season with the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I know I had two fantasy drafts earlier this evening. I know for many of you, the next couple of days, in addition to your Labor Day weekend, you're going to be trying to figure out, all right, what's going on with my fantasy team? So to help us to where we need to be, we welcome back for yet another year here on JJ After Dark, the terrific Jason Katz over at FantasyPros.com. Jason, my boy, how we doing? Unlike any other year, I am so excited to be here because I wasn't sure if I was going to be. It's a great point, and I'm very thankful that it looks like we're all systems go to get this season going. But let's start here. Before we get into draft strategies, before we get into who you like and who you don't, Obviously, for anybody who's played fantasy baseball, Jason, you know how chaotic and how crazy it's been with stoppages, guys getting COVID, games being pushed back and whatnot. So when it comes to drafting a team, when it comes to managing a team, is there any you know guideline and piece of advice you would offer? I mean, we're all going through this for the first time, so I get it. There's no like clear, definitive answers here. But as far as the impact of COVID, how you manage your teams, is there something you'd like to share? It's definitely something you need to consider. One thing you need to see is, did your commissioner, did your league implement any sort of changes to account for this? Did you, did you add some more IR spots, which hopefully your leagues all did? I would encourage all leagues to have unlimited COVID-specific IR spots. Again, we don't want people exploiting the IR and putting anybody on there. But if, they, if they're missing a game because of COVID, you should be able to replace them without having to, to drop a player. Did your team, do you have expanded benches? Is there anything in there like that? If, if it is, then you can kind of work around it because it's built in. If not, you need to consider uh, certain things like maybe handcuffing your running back, just something I wouldn't normally advise. But in a year like this, it's, it's, not, it's not even just the COVID situation. It's the fact that 
training camp, that there was there were no off team activities, there was no rookie mini camp. Training camp started late. There's no preseason. We're going to see a lot of guys with soft tissue injuries early in the season. We're already seeing it in, in training camp right now. And that's going to result in other guys getting opportunities. And those are guys you might want to have stashed on your roster in advance. But for the most part, like JJ said, we're all dealing with the same exact situation, and none of us have dealt with this before. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. Yeah, this year's probably going to have more luck than already is in fantasy football, but we all just do the best we can. Amen to that. Listen, you know the deal, Jason. There's a whole lot of luck that goes into it anyway, um, and that's the beauty of the week-by-week, any-given-Sunday type of deal. Let's start with the running back position. Um, Is it clear-cut, in your opinion, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, one, two, and three? Uh, McCaffrey is 100% the first overall pick, and there's absolutely no way you can argue for anything else. I know some people will say, uh, maybe Saquon Barkley or possibly Zeke. But the reason you don't, even though, uh, here's a fun little uh, nugget for you. The last time a running back has finished as the number one uh, running back at his position in fantasy points was Priest Holmes back in 2003. He actually did wow, that was a long time ago, Jason. My goodness. Yeah. That was actually both of our first years playing fantasy football. That's right, 2003. What a, what a year. What a world that was. My goodness. So, and he did it back-to-back years, but this is not even back-to-back. Since then, no running back that has finished with the overall RB1 has done it again at any point in his career, not even Tomlinson. So the odds are against McCaffrey. I actually don't think he'll be the overall RB1 this year. I actually do think it will be Saquon Barkley, but McCaffrey averaged nine more points per game than the RB2 last year. That is insane. That is value that you cannot get anywhere else. He is a monumental advantage. If you have the first overall pick, you take McCaffrey. At two and three, I would take Barkley at two, even though obviously Zeke has a better offensive situation with the Cowboys being a better offense than the Giants. But Barkley truly is a generational talent. And he, last year, I wouldn't get too disheartened by his lack of performance because the reality is they say a high ankle sprain is a four to six week injury, but it's actually more like a four to six month injury. They can just play football in four to six weeks, but it's not healed for months. So Barkley was playing hurt. And going into this year, he's healthy, and I think he's in for a big year. Okay, Jason, I noticed this today. So I did a redraft league. Um, I think I was picking seventh overall, and I was lucky enough to have you as a little bit of a resource. So, you know, I was picking your brain a little bit throughout the draft. This definitely helps. But I noticed what a difference it was to go running back, running back, considering I got to the third and the fourth round, and I noticed there were so many good and quality wide receivers out there. Do you advise a whole lot of people who are listening right now, first and second round, you hammer running back, running back? So I've got an, uh, a draft strategy article I do on fftoday.com. I do, I've done this every year since 2016. And it, it pretty much changes every year because that's just the nature of fantasy football. And this year's one was based around the robust running back strategy, which is exactly as you said. It, it's, you draft running backs early. And it evolved over the, of the offseason and the preseason to much more of a specific uh, targeted strategy where there are 14 or 15 running backs, and, and you want two of them. It's really that simple. And you should get them if you can. And, and I'm talking about if, if I'm looking there at the 11th, 12th pick and Michael Thomas is still on the board, the clear-cut wide receiver one who, who will give you an edge, I'm going to pass on him for a running back. Because the reality is, most likely in your draft, 
in every round, I mean every single round, you will look down at the, at the wide receivers and look down at the running backs and go, wow, I like the receivers better. But at some point, obviously you have to take a running back. So it's when is that uh, drop-off going to be the smallest? And the answer is early. So you get those two running backs early if, if you can. Because again, if you pick on the front end, you might not be able to. But if you can get two running backs early, you do it. And then you will love what your team looks like with the receivers that are going in rounds three through six. They're, they're just so good this year. That, I feel like there's like 20 wide receiver twos. And I'm, I'm happy with, with so many of them that I, just, I feel bad if I have to pass on one of them for, some, for like an aging running back or a guy with, with a questionable workload or something like that. So you, you definitely want to go running back, running back if you can. Okay, so wide receiver in that three to six range like we were just talking about. Assuming you're in a redraft league, who are some of the guys, Jason, you really, really like this year? Uh, well, with a couple here. Um, the number one guy for me in the third round, and this is, oh, this is my target in the third round every time, Adam Thielen. Uh, I think he is in for a monster year. And he's a, he's a bit undervalued right now because he's coming off a really down year. But remember, he was dealing with a couple injuries last year, and it was a different offense. If we remember back in 2018, I'm just looking it up right now here. Adam Thielen had 155 targets. And the year before, I think he also had around 150 targets. And now Stephon Diggs is gone. There's nobody else to throw the ball to. I mean, the number two receiver in targets, it might legitimately be Dalvin Cook. That's, that's possible. It's Adam Thielen. It's Ole Johnson. It's rookie Justin Jefferson. And I do like Eric Smith also. But these guys are not a threat to Adam Thielen. This is the first time he will ever be the true Alpha, wide receiver one on his team. And I think he also has the talent to do it. He's going off around as a wide receiver 14, 15. I, I just think that's wrong. I, I think, he, I think he, has a, he is on the short list of receivers that have a, a legitimate shot at finishing number one at the position. I don't think he will, but it, it's in the range of outcomes. And for that, for that reason and, and other reasons, meaning his, uh, his target share and the lack of competition, I love Thielen this year. Um, you have any concerns about the injuries with Dylan or no? Not really. I, I do think he was mostly healthy for his entire career until last year, and it, it was it was just fluky stuff. Uh, guys get hurt. I don't injury injury proneness is is a bit over overemphasized in, in fantasy. Because if you remember, like early in his career, Keenan Allen was he really ever injury prone? He tore an ACL, he lacerated the kidney, and he's been healthy for the last three seasons. So you know, when you have a couple injuries like like Thielen did, I'm not overly concerned about it. Guys are going to get hurt. I just I'm I'm taking the guys that have the most upside, and and if Thielen if he doesn't get hurt, his floor is incredibly high. So I'm not concerned about the injury. We got our buddy Jason Katz getting you ready for the fantasy football season. Check him out, fantasypros.com. And Jason, last year, I remember you were very high on Kyla Murray, and it turns out Kyla Murray had a very successful rookie year. But there was a second-year quarterback who ended up being the difference maker of all difference makers. That, of course, is Lamar Jackson. So it's almost impossible in a way to try to find who this year's version of Mahomes or Jackson is going to be. Um, I have a feeling, though, you might look at Kyler Murray, maybe, as a guy who can make that sort of statistical leap. Is that fair? I, I think there's an outside chance that the 2020 Arizona Cardinals as a whole, because of Kyler Murray, are very reminiscent of the 2019 Ravens. Now, the problem for fantasy is everyone kind of thinks that, 
and it's already built into Kyler Murray's price. We saw Lamar Jackson's rushing upside in 2018 when he started. He took over for Joe Flacco down the stretch. So we knew this was kind of possible, but but because he wasn't he wasn't a good passer in college, so we weren't totally sure, which pushed his ADP into the double digit rounds, much like Mahomes in 2018, and made Lamar Jackson very easy to acquire and very low risk. I do think Kyler Murray has the upside to have a 2019 Lamar Jackson type season, although more so in, with with passing than rushing. But the problem is he's already. Going as, as the third quarterback off the board in some drafts, you will see him ranked for the most part in that three, four, five range. You have to t- you have to take him somewhere between the fifth and the seventh round. I, that's not super early. That's, that's not where Lamar and Mahomes are going now. But it, it's not the same price of free that you got with Lamar Jackson last year. So yeah, I do think that if you draft Kyler Murray, you'll be rewarded. But at the same time, it's hard for me to pay that price because it, because the breakout's kind of baked in a bit. Let's go through the bus department, and you can always find a couple, especially the guys that go in the early rounds. Let's start here, Jason. Top five to six rounds. I want one guy at quarterback, running back, at wide receiver that you specifically want absolutely no part of. Let's start first, Jason, running back. Who's one guy you are not going near in the early part of your draft? If we're talking early round and you're give, you're giving me into like the third and fourth round, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere near Le'Veon Bell. I just I I really am buying into the fact that Adam Gates hates him and re- will refuse to use him. Le'Veon Bell has not been a difference maker in fantasy football since 2017. He sat out 2018, and as we saw last season, he had he had he was heavily targeted in week one, and then the Jets just didn't really use him. They were an anemic offense. And he, he, he wasn't utilized properly. Why do we think that's going to change this year? What, what's it going to be different? They, they brought in Frank Gore, who apparently is, is lighting it up in camp. He, he's, he's 87 years old, and he's, he's, he's still kicking. I'm worried about Le'Veon. I'll, I'll say this about Le'Veon, though. I do think the talent is still there. But so you don't think he's guys, done? You think it's all about scheme. You think it's all about the lack of touches. You don't think Le'Veon Bell is done right now as a top NFL running back. You think he still has something left to give. If you put Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs, the Saints, the Cowboys, I think he goes right back into the first round. That's where he takes them. But the combination of the fact that uh, Adam Gates doesn't like him and we don't really project the Jets to be very good on offense. Because if, if you look at what's surrounding him, what else? how, are, how is he going to get touchdowns? How have the Jets going to move the ball? Who are their receivers? The, the passing game is the key to a successful offense. And Sam Donald's throwing to Rashad Perriman and, and Jamison Crowder. I mean, I think the Jets are going to be an absolute disaster this year. And Le'Veon Bell, can, maybe he could have a 2019 Leonard Fournette type year. Maybe. But his, his ceiling isn't there. He, he won't destroy your team if you draft him. But I'm just not interested in taking a guy that, that can't actually become like a, a top-end RB1. It's not in his range of outcomes. All right, so you're not going anywhere near Le'Veon Bell. Wide receiver, who would that guy be? Ah, this is a guy that I absolutely love as a talent. But I'm just not – I just want no part of Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, sorry, sorry, not a guy I love as a talent. I was looking at somebody else. Sorry. I, I'm not sure about the talent of Juju Smith-Schuster. And I'm not sure about Ben Roethlisberger's health. I'm not sure if Juju can be a true one. It, there's just a lot of question marks there. I think that there's a definite chance he has a he, he breaks out and is like, oh yeah, I'm this guy. 
but I'm just fine with sitting on a sideline and watching it happen. I don't hate Juju, but I'm just going to let somebody else draft him. That's really, that's really where I stand on Juju. I, the other guy I was, I was thinking about was also Cooper Cup. I want to throw him in there as well. I love Cooper Cup as a talent. I think he's a very good receiver, but I just can't get over what the Rams did with him over the second half of last season. Sean McVay watched Cooper Cup light it up for the first half of the season and averaged 21 fantasy points per game. He was the wide receiver three. Then after seeing all that, he decided, nope, I don't want this. And Cooper Cup, over the final eight, eight games of the season, averaged 11.4 points per game with the wide receiver 45. In a couple games, he played, one game he played 34% of the snaps, one game he played 58% of the snaps. It was, it was very concerning. And I'm out on Cooper Cup this year. I'm thinking Robert was way ahead of him. At quarterback, and we know the deal, Jason. Listen, we've talked about this for years. We always put off taking a quarterback early, especially if you're in a snake draft. Um, unless, of course, you're dealing with a two-quarterback league. That's where it could get a little tricky. But who is the guy this year, from a bus standpoint, where you're just not buying it with that position that's going to get you the most amount of points? The problem with quarterback and the whole late-round quarterback is everyone's kind of caught on. So he's going late, or the quarterback in general going later. You see Mahomes and Lamar off the board in the second and third round, and then you don't see the next quarterback typically going until the fifth or sixth. So everyone's kind of into it. So when you say an early-round quarterback, I'm talking about a guy that's probably going in the seventh or eighth round, but I still wouldn't take him there, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's still being valued as like a top eight or eight or nine quarterback. And it's purely based on name brand at this point. Aaron Rodgers has not been a difference maker at quarterback since 2016. He's, I think, 36 or 37 years old at this point. He's throwing to Devontae Adams and then the worst group of receivers you have in the NFL. I don't see what is going to suddenly happen at his advanced age that's going to make him this top five quarterback we all remember him to be. And he was, he is one of the best. He was one of the best. But right now, He's just not a fancy asset anymore. Our good buddy Jason Katz over at FantasyPros.com. Okay, Jason, now it's time for you to show off a little bit because even though we're living in a world in which COVID-19 has taken over our lives, I know you've still been putting in the time. I know you've still been putting in the research. Who are the guys that are on like the man crush list, the sleeper list that you were all over this year? Give me one at quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Let's start first with quarterback. This is tough because there's a few guys I like late. It depends on how late you go. I'll throw out some names there, and then I'll give you one that I'm, that I'm really targeting every draft. Uh, if you're going really deep, I don't hate Gardner Minshew because they're just going to throw the ball a ton, especially now that Fournette's gone. So that's an option. I think Cam Newton has sneaky value because this guy finished with the overall QB1 twice. He did in 2011 and 2015, I think. 2011, not sure. 2015 for sure. And that upside is still there. I mean, if he doesn't have it, then no big deal. He costs like a 12-round pick. But the one guy I'm targeting in almost every league is my quarterback, is, is Matt Stafford. He was the top five quarterback over the first eight weeks of last season. And then he got hurt. And now this year he's being valued as a borderline QB1, barely a QB1. Why can't he be top five again? In, in a year with so much uncertainty, the Lions have such incredible continuity. He's bringing back the same three receivers he had last year, same coaching staff, uh, most of the offensive line. So Stafford is the premier late-round quarterback pick. I like that. Now let's get to running back. Obviously, running back is, you know, this just minefield of trying to find, you know, who's getting carries, who's going to win out in the battles. You know, it's impossible in some situations to figure out. What running back are you all over? 
the late round running backs I'm targeting big time has been uh, Chase Edmonds. And it's not because I don't like Kenyon Drake. I actually believe Kenyon Drake is going to be absolutely worth his draft, his, his draft stock if he stays healthy. The problem is the Cardinals have no allegiance to Kenyon Drake. We can see, just watch what happened last year with the Cardinals. David Johnson was the guy. He got hurt. He couldn't do it anymore. Chase Edmonds had an overall RB one week. He was the guy. He would have been Kenyon Drake in the second half of the year. He proved he can do it. Then what happened? He got hurt. Drake came in. And then Drake was that guy. So Cliff Kingsbury said, all right, sure, we'll, we'll roll with this. Well, what happens if Drake sprains an ankle or gets COVID, misses two to three weeks, Edmonds steps in, Edmonds does what Drake did last year, and Cliff Kingsbury says, oh, yeah, this works. Stick with this. That type of upside is very hard to find, especially in the late rounds. And Edmonds has legit RB1 upside if, if he ends up getting a role. And there's also a chance that because of the amount of plays the Cardinals are going to run, that Edmonds could have standalone value. So there's a lot of reasons to target Chase Edmonds in like the ninth or 10th round. Okay. Now, last year, you were all over my guy, Preston Williams, and he was great for like the first eight weeks of the year, and then he blew out his knee. Is that where you're going again this year, Jason Katz, at wide receiver? I, I do like Preston Williams. I, I don't know how deep you want me to dig, dig here. Uh, Preston's not going to be my choice for, for this year, though. Uh, my my pr- premier late, late-round guy, like the last guy on your bench, I'm really going after Paris Campbell. I think he's forgotten about a bit on, on the Colts because, uh, like, they brought in Phillip Rivers. They weren't very good. They drafted Jonathan Taylor, a running offense. But Paris Campbell is set up to start for this team, possibly in a slot. And there's really no clear-cut second target for Phillip Rivers aside from T.Y. Hilton, who, by the way, who I do like also. But he has not exactly been the pinnacle of health. So there's a real chance that Paris Campbell could see, like, 100, 110 targets this year. And he was a a really highly tatter prospect. I think he was a second-round pick last year. I know they drafted Michael Pittman this year, but why are we forgetting about Paris Campbell? Second-year second receivers are really – second- and third-year receivers specifically are the guys you want to target in fantasy football because those are the guys that haven't broken out yet typically and then have the upside to break out. The way you win is by drafting these guys who return value higher than where you drafted them. And Paris Campbell is the exact type of guy who has that for him, and he, he costs nothing to get. And he, could be, he's, he will literally be your last receiver that you draft in the 12th or 13th round. Jason, final one, and I appreciate the time. Leonard Fournette, now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know they've had a juicy offseason. What is the impact now of a guy like Fournette leaving a terrible situation in Jacksonville, going to a far better one here with Tampa? Can he be fantasy relevant once again? He will definitely be fantasy relevant. And I, I, I can't say he'll be more fantasy viable than he would have been in Jacksonville, because in Jacksonville, I think he would have been getting 90% of touches like, like he did last year. But even if he is in a committee, they didn't sign him to a $3.5 million contract with incentives. After proclaiming that Ronald Jones has been great and, and he's the guy this year, they wouldn't have brought Fournette in if, if they weren't going to make him the new guy. We know Bruce Arians likes his old backs. Remember, he remember. Uh, after David Johnson got hurt, he would sign Chris Johnson. He made him the guy for, for as long as he could, because even though he was old and done. Fournette's, Fournette's still, what, 25 years old? I think Fournette's still a very good running back. So he's not going to see that 90% opportunity share. He certainly won't be seeing anywhere near 100 targets. But even 60% in a Tom Brady offense on a team that's going to be in the red zone a lot more than Jacksonville was and a lot more than Jacksonville would have been with Fournette this year, he can easily be the same third, fourth round value he would have been uh, had he not had, had this whole ordeal not occurred. 
And then, of course, there's the chance, what if Hornet just plays really well? And they decide, okay, we're not taking him off the field. You have a, you have a legitimate shot. This is the guy that finished as, he finished as an RB1 by points per game all three years of his career. He's never been anything else. So if, he's, if he ends up getting 70, 75% of the, of the work, he could be that guy again. And that would be an absolute steal. I'm not saying to go out of your way to get Fournette. I'm talking about that's the high end of his outcomes. But I, I would definitely not pay Fournette. If he falls, if he falls far enough, I'm, I'm happy taking him. The great Jason Katz. Check him out, fantasypros.com. For any draft questions, you can find Jason on Twitter. Jason, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, at JasonKatz13. Happy to answer some draft questions. And uh, if you're also uh, interested in maybe having me draft for you, go to draftdayconsultants.com, and uh, you get a consultant to basically draft for you, help you out, whatever, whatever you need. How about that? Talk about high service right there. So next week, Jason, we get it going for real, bro. I'm really looking forward to it. We'll chat then, all right? All right. Uh, take care. There you have it. Good stuff there from Jason Katz. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 